You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Jeff Ellis of 24 Sport, 24-7 Sports, and I would like to welcome you all to another edition of the Locked On Indians podcast. Is it just me, or does it feel like the Indians never play on Mondays, like they have some kind of arrangement with uh, the MLB? While they may not be playing, there are still some players in the prospects that are very much worth talking about who are playing and could help the team this year. We will spend some time going over that. We will look at some of the numbers this year. It's been a while since we kind of sat back and looked at the overall numbers picture for the Indians. We'll also do some standings watch as well in the second half of the episode. So let's just start off with it. Uh... As stated, the Indians have an off day today, but there's still some interesting players you want to pay attention to right now in the minors, specifically guys who have been with the Indians before and played at the major league level this season. Uh, Let's start out with Akron. Uh, Good news, bad news for Akron. Uh, Bad news, Akron lost. Eli Morgan had a, a rough, a rare rough outing for him, though his ERA has been slipping up. He is at almost four now. Um, I do wonder, you know, is he tired? We'll have to, you know, just things to, to gauge as he's, um, pitched a lot of innings this year. Uh, but, uh, if nothing else, I think he's still going to be a, um, a, a nice reliever for the Indians down the road. So that's the bad news. Good news. Danny Salazar pitches one inning, uh, allows no hits, no walks, strikes out one. He does hit a batter. Um, I don't have reports on the velocity from that one, so we'll have to see. But, uh, you know, any positive performance by Danny Salazar at this point is a good thing for the Cleveland Indians. Going away from there, uh, currently, as I'm recording this podcast, the Columbus game is still going on. It is the top of the eighth. Bradley Zimmer, one for three in this one. Uh, Daniel Johnson also has a a triple in this, the only extra base hit. Uh, And then in terms of, like, arms, let's get to it. Uh, Jared Robinson been struggling a bit since he was promoted to AAA. Two and two-thirds of an innings of relief, one earned run, two walks, a strikeout. Kyle Nelson, the lefty, one inning, one earned run, two hits, and a strikeout. And James Karen Chalk, so far, one inning, three strikeouts, 5.28 ERA. Uh, Nelson also had a wild pitch in this one. I feel like I have to talk about the Karen Chalk bubble, as it were, um, because... People are getting really mad about my statements online, and I just I don't think they're being <laughs> interpreted correctly because it's Twitter, and we can't go into depth on Twitter. But does Jake Jake I'm sorry Jake Bowers was batting, so I said Jake there. Does James Karinchak make the Indians better? Undoubtedly, uh, James Karinchak makes the Indians better. He has pitched really well. You know, he, they, there were some struggles when he came back from the disabled list. His last few outings, he has been utterly dominant. Um, he has the potential to be, you know, a top five closer in all of baseball. Uh, it's a potential special arm. While the walk problems are there, and that is a part of the picture, for me, the reason why I have thought that Karen Chalk may not get promoted isn't so much because of that. It's the management of the Cleveland Indians plays the long game. They don't play the short game. They play the long game all the time. Um, you know, they delay promotions for that reason. They delay um, call-ups, 
even a trade like the Bauer trade, or just look at a lot of the kind of the series of trades they made with Tampa this year, hoping to get uh, a player who, you know, Tampa evaluated as fringe that for the Indians, well, maybe he's going to be a starter or at least a major league option. You know, they're constantly churning the bottom of the roster of the 40 man, as it were, just like an NFL team. Like there's Bill Belichick out there trying to find, you know, the next Nick Goody, the next Dan Otero, the next Kirby Yates who they had in let go, but you can't really blame him for that one. He uh very limited track record at the time, but still that's another example of the type of guy the Indians have gone out and and gotten. Now how this ties back into Karen Chalk is he's not forty man he does not have to be put on the forty man at the end of this season. Um especially with the injury to Jose Ramirez, the Corey Kluber continued injury and elephant in the room which is you have a manager Terry Francona who is loath to play young players um, when Otero gets healthy and he's added to that pen when Carrasco inevitably gets called up uh, Terry Francona is going to go to those guys over Karen Chuck every single day of the week he does not trust young pitchers um, they do not get extended looks or opportunities uh, trying to think of the Vandy lefty right now who I really should remember who was the closer taking that same draft as um clint frazier but you know it's immaterial but you know something like that or sean armstrong being another example they have not wanted to go with the young arm of francona it's the retreads more often than not they have brought up and used the retreads because that's who terry trusts he doesn't really trust the unproven youngsters and so if you call up Karen Chalk, he is likely not going to get a ton of use. He is, you're going to have him on the 40 man, which means you're going to basically, you're going to burn an option year. You're going to burn a 40 man spot for a team that's under a massive 40 man crunch at the end of the year. And that more than the walk rate, more than the injury is the reason why I have a harder time viewing Karen Chalk as a uh, someone who gets added. I could be wrong. Maybe they'll go out and add him just because he's one of the best arms they can add. Um, but if he doesn't get added, it feels like it's just another case of the Indians playing the long game. It's the same thing with uh, Nolan Jones. I guess I'll debate that uh, couldn't the Indians just call it Nolan Jones? And offensively, yeah, he's likely to be the best option. They have a third base. Defensively, we can get into some things. Um, he's improving, but still not. I, I hesitate to call him an average defender there. So you're giving that up. But does it get balanced out by the offense? I mean, that's that's the question. At the same time, is there any chance in heck that Terry Francona is going to play a, an early 20s kid um, when he's got Mike Freeman there? No. He would not get the opportunity to play. Um, and, th- and that's part of the picture when you look at this. Um, I'm not hating on Nolan Jones, and I'm not hating on Karen Chalk. I think both of them have all-star upside. Um, but between management that likes to play the long game, knows they're going to be under a roster crunch, and doesn't want to make that worse, along with a manager who does not loves his vets. Um, you know, when he won... In Boston, those were vet-heavy teams. Here in Cleveland, he has always leaned hard on the vets. Um, Very few young players given a chance to break in 
And if he didn't like Yandy Diaz at third because of his perceived defensive deficiencies, then Nolan Jones is never going to get a chance there. Um, it, and that's not the knock on Jones. It's more the way they have, uh, Tito evaluates and judges things. Um, so, yeah, so when I talk about these guys, I don't want anyone going out there and being like, oh, how could you evaluate? I'm not evaluating them. I have some concerns with the walk rate. Uh, Nolan Jones could definitely use more time and development. Both of the guys, though, would make the Indians better now. And the sad truth of the matter is I think things are setting up for this to be a bonus year. Anything the Indians accomplish this year is bonus. They've had so many injuries, the Jose Ramirez being like the cherry on top, that at the end of this year, who do they lose? They lose Yasiel Puig. And that hurts, but they got four other pieces in that deal, all of which are going to help this team next year. Um, and er, sorry, that's not true. Three of those four pieces are likely to help this team next year. Uh, but that's about it. Uh, you look at the rest of that team. The rest of that, yeah, you lose Kipnis, who has slowly but steadily turned into an average second baseman. Um, I do not think, though, even though he's done that, make an attempt to re-sign him just because Jones is on the horizon, Ramirez can slide over, and you got Chang and Arroyo. They have options, so I can't see them going out and offering Kipnis a contract, but that's it. And you set up a healthy team for next year. You look at uh, all of that stuff, and you can see why it is that maybe the Indians decide to not burn that option year with a pair of players right now, even if it does make them somewhat better. Our two favorite sponsors are back. Uh, we will start with BlueChew.com. You know the website. You go to BlueChew.com, use the promo code MLB, and you can get the chewable little blue pill, some mail enhancement uh, that you don't need to go to the gas station to get. Uh, I keep referencing that story because it greatly amuses me about Major League Baseball players getting suspended for using um, gas station enhancement. This is a pill that has the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but because it is chewable, it hits the bloodstream quicker. It allows you to do what you want to do quicker. If you've ever been curious, if you just want to try it, go to bluechew.com, use the promo code MLB. You get a free trial. It just costs you the five bucks for shipping. Bluechew.com, promo code MLB. Our other um, great sponsor is postmates postmates is personal food grocery whatever kind of delivery all year round for a limited time postmates is giving our listeners 100 dollars of free delivery credit for the first seven days to start your free deliveries download the app and use the code locked on and again my personal view on this is it's a lifesaver when you're not feeling well you don't want to go by the pick up that medication you bought you don't want to go to the to get that cold pills, you can just get your delivery directly. That is when Postmates really rocks. And, you know, go crazy. You got 100 bucks of free delivery credit to use. Use that promo code locked on. So we are back from the break. And, you know, let's talk about some of the internal transactions we've seen with the Indians this week. I already talked about some of the um, uh, former Major League players who are currently playing in the minors right now but let's talk about some moves that stood out one george valera was moved from mahoning valley to lake county to aaron brachio who was i believe signed in that same class and was viewed 
um, as just as good of a prospect, maybe better, moved from uh, Arizona up to Mahoning Valley. So by Valera going up, they got a spot for Brachio. We'll see what he can do at that level. But those moves today stood out because you're looking at a top five prospect in the system and a guy who has the potential to down the road be a top five prospect in the system. Um, and we're at a point where, honestly, this time next year, let's say Tristan McKenzie gets healthy and is able to pitch and makes it up to the majors because he's going to be on the 40-man he needs to be at at the end of the season. And Nolan Jones plays really well, forces his way into the 40-man. Valera could be the Indians' number one prospect in a year. Speaking of potential top prospects, let's also give some love to Daniel Espino. Um, I know I've been rough on that pick, but you look what he did to win Mahoning Valley. Four innings, three earned runs, or two earned runs, three runs on two hits, a walk, and nine strikeouts. Um, at the same time, you look at Ethan Hankins, who went four and two-thirds, gave up three earned runs on seven hits and six Ks in Lake County. That is a It's a pretty big jump is what we're learning this year. It's what we've seen with guys like Luis Oviedo and a few other players that they kind of hit Lake County and you're it, it's a bigger jump than I think I gave it credit for you know I typically just look to Akron as the the big jump but we're seeing that yeah that Mahoning Valley Lake County jump is pretty huge let's uh let's do some scoreboard watching some standings look looking so it's on Monday nights it's always a limited uh field of teams you go through, and if we're just looking at American League teams that are playing right now, you've got uh, Oakland at Kansas City, New York at Seattle, and that's it. That That's all. Now, Oakland at Kansas City is a, uh, is a big game for the Indians just because Oakland is currently sitting a full game back of the Indians and a half a game back of Tampa, and the Indians are up half a game on Tampa. They are currently crushing Kansas City in the fifth to the score of 12-2. to two. So if we assume this is a win, all of a sudden Oakland will be half a game out, and they'll be tied with Tampa for that second spot. So, again, the Indians really could use a sweep um, against the worst team in baseball, the Detroit Tigers. That's, that's what we're looking at. That's what they need to do. Um, that's kind of the situation for them going into tomorrow. It's it's going to be a dogfight down the stretch. And I've brought up the schedules before. I've talked about the schedules before. The Indians have a tough schedule. That's why they really need to pick up on the beat up, I should say, on these weaker teams as they continue to push forward and try to, it's looking more and more like try to earn a wild card berth. After this Detroit series, this weekend is a huge series. Arguably, one could make the case of the biggest series the Indians have left this season. It's a three-game set against Tampa, who they're currently fighting with for that wild-card spot, who they are barely ahead of. If they win that series, they will be in a really good position going forward. If they lose or if they get swept in that series, it's going to put them massively behind the eight ball to even try to make the playoffs as a wild-card team. So Detroit, huge series because you need to you need to sweep the worst team in baseball, Tampa at Tampa. It's you know even more so than the two series against the Twins. This series might have the most uh, the biggest amount of final say on if the Indians appear in the postseason or not. And what kind of stinks about it is 
uh, Clevenger is not in that series. He pitches the final game of the Detroit series. You get Plesak, who's been a little up and down, and indicators kind of show he's been a bit lucky. Bieber, whose last few starts have not been... Um, they haven't been bad. They haven't been quite as strong as they were earlier in the year. Um, you know, if we go and look up, there was a point in time where he had the third best FIP in the American League. If we go and look now, and Bieber has moved down to sixth in FIP. He is behind Charlie Morton and Lance Lynn, as everyone expected. Garrett Cole, Lucas Giolito, Chris Sale. He has a spot above Verlander, Orduzzi, Marco Gonzalez, and Jose Barrios. It's, uh, you know, he's, like I said, the performance has slipped some. He's still pitching well, not quite that uh, elite, elite level that we saw for a time earlier in the season. He is also <laughs> extremely young and is very likely to get back there at some point. But uh, the, you just have to note, it's worth looking at and seeing the uh, the bit of regression we're, we're seeing in terms of performance. Um it's, you know, for instance, the Indians have in that top 20, uh, Trevor Bauer is still listed. But if you take him out, all they have in the top 20 for FIP is uh, Bieber, whereas a year ago they had five guys there. Um, whereas the Twins have, well, Perez is in the top 20 and Gibson and uh, Berrios. uh Odorizzi. I mean, they've got four-fifths of their rotation. So in many respects, the, uh, the Indians, for as bad as our pen has been over the last few weeks, maybe this is the point where we consider ourselves lucky that uh, they pitched as well as they did for as long as they did because Minnesota really should have ran away with this thing. When you look at their offensive advantages, the way their starters have held up, it's the, uh, it's the pen was really that team's only weakness. So... I hope everyone uh, enjoyed today's podcast as we kind of did some scoreboard watching, discussed the uh, some guys doing their rehabs, and explained why this might not be the year the Indians decide to go quite all in on and decide to instead leave a few prospects in the minor for minors for a bit longer. Tomorrow's show, we'll have a game to talk about. We'll get back in the swing of things. Um, maybe if we're lucky, we'll see the Royals mount a historic comeback in this one. But whether or not they do, as always, go Tribe.